Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. Today, my guest is John Glaude. John's story went viral when he shared his weight loss journey on YouTube. John lost 170 pounds and gained a whole new outlook on life. He has been featured on shows like Ellen and profiled on Bodybuilding.com. I'm excited to talk to him today. You can find him on Instagram and YouTube at Obese2Beast. John. Hello. Welcome to American Glutton. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for being here. I feel like I have was like very peripherally aware of your story because mm-hmm. I think I might have caught you on Ellen or something like yeah. that. That's very possible, yeah. <laughs> and then your boys with Spencer, yeah. who we had on, and Spencer was like, you got to talk to this guy. And then I like went deep on what you're doing and was mm-hmm. so impressed by you. Yeah. Look, I'm trying to be as like lay everything out on the table as possible, but I'm still like super uncomfortable about all of this. Yeah. And you literally were just like, whatever makes me uncomfortable, that's what I'm doing. I'm yeah. Gonna, that is really, really impressive, dude. Yeah. For me, I would say like, you know, the, the thing that a lot of people know me by is from when I went on Ellen and I, I made a video about my loose skin. So like a very taboo subject, even still, and I've made like I don't even know how many videos on it, but like I've talked about it quite a bit. It's something that people still struggle with speaking about, which is understandable because it feels like it's like this like, oh, my gosh, I'm so weird because I have loose skin from losing a lot of weight. And like the reality is everyone that has lost a lot of weight has loose skin. You yeah. know, every, it it changes depending on the person and everyone, your genetics and all this stuff. But like if you've lost 100 pounds or more, I can almost guarantee that you're going to have loose skin, right? So for me, talking about it, I don't know, it was like this. So I started my Instagram first. So that was like the first kind of like, 
I was, I had lost most of my weight and I was like, <laughs> honestly, the reason that I started the Instagram was because I was posting so much on my main Instagram and I kind of felt bad. And I was like, this is like all weight loss stuff. So I was like, I'm just going to make another Instagram that is just all weight loss. I don't feel bad about it. So I came up with the name obese to beast. I was surprised no one took it. I was like, it kind of, it doesn't rhyme, but it flows very nice. Sure. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll use that. And it's almost like a, a curse now because people are like, you just think you're a beast. I'm like, that's not the point of the name. The point of the name was I'm trying to get there, right? right. And honestly, it but just no, I'm looking cool. at you. You're fucking jacked, dude. You <laughs> Thank look you. Great. I mean, you look I, like a beast. Yeah. I mean, it's been what? Seven years now that I've been working on this, you know? So I appreciate it. I mean, that's the goal, right? But, but so I made the Instagram and, you know, people would always ask me certain questions about what do you eat? What is, what about this? What about that? What about that? So that's why I decided to make the YouTube channel where I was like making videos. Cause this was before when Instagram didn't have any videos at all, like not even the 15 second videos, like I had nothing. Right. And so I was like, okay, I, I'll make YouTube videos. Cause I watched, so I play drums as well. And I learned drums from watching YouTube videos. And, and then when I got into like losing weight in fitness, I was watching a lot of other people that made YouTube videos. So I was just like, oh, I think I could make YouTube videos. So I started making these videos and a lot of the videos were kind of full day in the life, day of eating videos, explaining just weight loss stuff. A video I knew, I almost felt like I needed to make it was going to be about my loose skin because it was a question I got all the time and people would, they would see me and they'd be like, wow, it doesn't look like you have any loose skin. And I'm very blessed and lucky that if I'm wearing clothes, like a t-shirt, even a tank top, like you can't really see it. I don't see it. Um, and so people would think I didn't have any. And I, I almost felt guilty about that. Cause it's like, I don't want people to have these misconceptions or like these false, like be excited for this thing that probably isn't going to happen for them. Right. You know? So I made that video and it was, it, I mean, I was nervous and like now I'm much more comfortable talking about it. Like loose skin to me is whatever. Like I could, I'll, I'll talk about it all day. But then, I mean, if you watch the video, one, I'm so much younger. I was like a little baby, but I was so nervous. My voice was shaking. Like, I mean, luckily I had my friend, Brian, who he helped me who start my whole YouTube channel. He filmed all the videos and edited a lot of them at the start. And so I was pretty comfortable with him. But, like, I was so nervous to, like, make that video. And so the video, I, I released it. It went viral. Every My whole life changed because of that video. But I think, like, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned from filming that video was that being vulnerable and honest helps way more people than trying to act perfect. So if I were to film a video and be like, yeah, you know, weight loss has been super easy for me and it's not hard at all and there's no issues – that's not going to help as many people as being like, yo, weight loss is freaking hard. And it's, there's been, it's been a journey. And these are the things that you should expect going through it. And like my whole goal with talking about loose skin and just talking about weight loss in general is I want people to understand that there's nothing wrong with them if they have loose skin. And there's like, it is a normal part of this. Yeah. So, I mean, even to that point, it's, it's really tough when it requires so much work to lose weight and whatever your goal is, like you, even if it's just, I want to lose 10 pounds or I, I know it probably wouldn't be noticeable with 10 pounds, like a mm-hmm. hundred pounds, I lose a hundred pounds. And then you're like, well, fuck, I'm not happy with the product I have now. And I still feel like it's not attractive. It is really tough. And, and I looked at it too. Now I did have skin removal surgery. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. But, 
I had skin removal surgery and then I gained weight. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, it, and I've had so many problems. So losing weight again, I have tons of loose skin. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just like even doing that, there can still be like, no, there's no, I, I, I finally got to the point where I was like, I am never going, whatever my imagination is telling me I need to look at, it's never going to happen. So I can have a goal that I can aim towards and work towards and then realize when I get to that goal and I'm telling myself, this is not right. I have to talk myself through that because Mm -hmm. I I feel like I'm going to have that no matter what. The uh, the loose skin search. So I didn't know that. And I've, I've done a I've I've listened to most of the podcasts and I, I didn't even know that you had the, the loose skin surgery at one point. It's interesting because I have tons of friends that have had the surgery and um, I have a couple friends. I've actually made a couple videos with one of my friends, Zach, who he got the loose skin removal surgery after losing like over 200 pounds. But then he gained he's gained like quite a bit of weight back. He's He's losing it again and he's really happy with it. But it's really interesting because I've, I've, and there's a lot of other people that I know that have gotten the loose skin surgery and then started gaining weight back. And what they've said about what that does to you mentally, because one, you're gaining weight again, which is annoying for anyone, right? But two, because for him, he got a 360 lift, which is they go from their back all the way to his abdomen. So basically they cut part of his body off. And then they did liposuction. And so for him, so with his fat cells, they removed them and they can't grow back there anymore. So his his weight is going in other places it's never been before. So for him, he has a whole host of other issues because he used to like he talked all all about it on my channel. But he was like, I had really big man boobs when I was when I was bigger. And so he got liposuction on there too. And now his legs are really big because right. that's where all the weight is going. And so I think the thing with like, and I have, I'm people, whenever I talk about loose skin, they think I'm like against surgery. That's not like, I, if, if people want to get surgery, go for it. Like I have no problems with it for me. I just don't think I need it. Um, but I think the reason a lot of people feel like they need to get surgery is a lot of like these shows that have been on for years and years and years of people that lose a lot of weight. It's like the last thing they do is get loose skin surgery. Right. And so they look normal, you know, air quotes. And and I think that that's a lot of people feel like my journey isn't over yet. Yeah. And so like I, I genuinely deal with people that are upset that I haven't gotten surgery. And it's just funny because this is an intense surgery. You've been through it, you it's, know. It's Let me just say it's an awful mm-hmm. surgery. I mean – whether somebody decides to get it or not, it sucks. Mm-hmm. And and part of the thing that sucks or sucked for me was you've done all this work to lose weight by changing your diet and being active. You get this surgery and you basically can't move for a long time. Like you have to sit still. And I got antsy and like got up and started walking too early. I fell. I tore a bunch of stitches like it was a I had disaster after disaster with that surgery so you know it's it's a brutal brutal surgery Mm -hmm. yeah and then I think a big another like reason why I've decided to not get it yet I'm not saying that I will never get it I don't know how I'm gonna feel when I'm 40 years old you know but like right now I really enjoy like what I'm able to do in the gym I enjoy the the changes that I'm still able to make with my body and I I, I've always said, like, if it was one causing me pain, 
or like genuine discomfort to where it was like, like if I felt like sitting here, I needed to have a, like a compression shirt on all day, every day, then maybe I would consider it. But for me, like I'll wear compression when I do my workouts, when I go on runs. But other than that, like, I don't feel like I need to wear that. I don't have any like rashes or anything like that coming up. So for me, it would be strictly cosmetic, which is fine if someone wants to get it because of that. But for me, that's just not enough of a reason to go through with it, especially because of the amount of conversations I've had with people that have gotten it. The the media or like people, I hate saying the media, but like things that we I've seen growing up, it was always like the surgery happens and you're happy. And it's like, it's just not like that. Like, that's just not realistic. Like, there is a lot of stuff that goes into it, yeah. good and bad. And I've weighed the pros and cons. And for me, the cons are still a little bit higher. That's pretty much the best way to describe it. Can't, I can't disagree with you. There is such a huge amount of time to that you have to sit still and recover, which requires like, you know, I don't know if it's not a person who has no anxiety issues or or whatever, but I am an antsy guy. Like, so that messed me up. It's incredibly painful. I have I have I have addiction issues, so taking painkillers mm-hmm. is really a bad idea for me. And I mean, this was a long time ago too. This was um 2007 or 2008. And then I gained a bunch of weight, yeah, like a crazy. ton of weight. Yeah. I was offered uh liposuction f- specifically to have abs and I said, "No, don't do that because I want to earn those." I'm still working on abs yeah, yeah. 15 years later. <laughs> Um, so now I'm stuck again with loose skin having had the, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's less than it would have been. Okay. Which I guess is fine. But so I don't know. I'm not advocating for it or against it. It is a hundred percent cosmetic. A hundred percent. I didn't have any of the issues you said you were talking about. So, but yeah, it, it, it is a, it is a, it is a shitty thing to do. And I think at the end of the day, the best thing to do is like, just get comfortable with yourself no matter what, yeah. you know what I mean? I, uh, a lot of people also will message me and say, I want to lose weight, but I'm, I don't want loose skin. And I'm like, first off, like you're already starting with the defeatist mindset. Like, I'm sorry, but you're not ready. Like, right. it's just like, if you're, you're already giving yourself excuses, like losing, if you're worried about loose skin, you probably have a lot of weight to lose, right? You're like, you obviously know there's a lot of weight you need to get rid of. So you are going, this journey that you're about to embark on is going to be very hard and it's going to take a very long time. So if you're already starting from, oh, I don't want this to happen and this and that, and it's like, I'm, you're probably not going to lose the weight. But in reality, like, the life that I have now, like, I mean, I'm not kidding when I say, so I was at 20, I was at my heaviest. So I was like close to 400 pounds. And I was literally afraid to be home alone because I was like, if I have a heart attack or if I have a stroke or something happens, no one will be here. I was 20 years old thinking that like, and no, no joke. Like that's, I would, I would think about it all the time. I don't know why I was such a morbid kid when I was that age, but it, I, I always knew I shouldn't be this size. Like I always felt like there was a version of me trapped inside this fat version of me. And I would have like dreams when I was younger. Cause I, I skateboarded my whole life growing up. I would have dreams about being a thin skateboarder, actually able to do stuff. Cause I sucked and all, all I could ever do was Ollie. And I skated my whole life because <laughs> I was fat, you know? And so like I, had those fears and then like trying to find like literally find shoes that worked like at my heaviest I worked at the van shoe store and 
I could only wear a couple of the shoes that they had because all the other ones did literally just didn't stretch enough for me to get because I have big ankles too to get my ankles and my feet inside of them and then I worked like four hour shifts not super long on my feet and I would complain to my coworkers so much and looking back I'm like of course you were in pain you were 300 plus pounds standing climbing up these ladders but at the time I didn't realize it I was just like yeah everyone's feet hurt right and they'd be like yeah but I mean I was complaining about it every time I got you know and so like the life that I lived, like I like to say I wasn't living, I was just existing. And so like, it was literally like, when I was at my heaviest, I just, I would work and then I would go home and sit down and watch Netflix. And like, that's not a life when you're 20 years old. And so the, the amount of life that I've gained is so much, so worth having a little bit of loose skin, you know, yeah. in my mind that it's like the, the trade-off, it's like silly to even compare them in my mind. I completely agree with you. The, the idea of being at my heaviest versus loose skin is a no-brainer like all the reasons i wanted to lose weight are gone and then i have loose skin and it's like it's 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 not even a comparable mm-hmm. thing so yeah i totally agree I, I i mean look people have their reasons to want or not want to do this and if that's a valid reason that stops you okay mm. but if you're miserable being overweight i can promise you that weight loss is was for me a happier place whether I had loose skin or not. Mm-hmm. I have loose skin, so I'm much happier now than I was 200 pounds ago. Yeah. Yeah. I like to uh, call it kind of like a, a battle scar kind of thing. Like it's it's something that, you know, and this is maybe me just rationalizing having it. I'm not going to lie. But like me being able to see that it shows like the work that I've put in. And so, like, I I used to be really, really nervous about going to the beach and taking my shirt off or, like, being in the sauna. Like, I go to the sauna sometimes at the gym and, like, taking my shirt off. And now – and this is – I mean, this has taken a long time to finally be more and more comfortable. But now I can go to the beach. Like, I was recently in Hawaii with um, one of my sponsors, and we were there for a good amount of time. And so we were on the beach a lot. And for most of the time, I had my shirt off, you know, and it was just, like – one, I was comfortable with the people I was with. I knew a lot of them, right? So it wasn't like this, like, taking shirt off. People like, what the heck? Like, they already kind of know that it's going to happen. Um, and then, like, I just got to a point where I was like, man, this is my life. This is my body. If it, if people get freaked out, like, that's fine. I, I honestly understand that. But if someone genuinely is con- confused and has a question for me, I don't mind talking about this. So if they really want to be like, hey, what's going on there? I'm like, well, I used to be this and now I lost weight. You know what I mean? So I think, like, with that, and I think that's what um, most fears people have, we build it up to be this crazy thing. Like, we're going to take our shirt off and people are going to be like, ah, freak out and like like throw up or something like that. But like, in reality, they're just gonna be like, oh. And most people are going to probably be like, oh, he's probably lost a lot of weight. Yeah. And then it's, they're going to move on. And if they're a mean person, maybe they'll say something. But I've never experienced that in the seven years that I've had it. So Yeah. Yeah. I also think, I think that that, like with anything, the the majority of the of that lives within us so we're telling ourselves these things much more than we would be hearing from outside sources and even still i think if we got our closest friends together and sat in a circle and had them say all these things to us over and over and over eventually those things are not going to affect us in the same way as they do just us telling ourselves that you know what i mean like i don't take my shirt off at the beach. Mm-hmm. 
I've never taken my shirt off at a public beach. There was a short period of time where before I was really talking about this, I would hike in the mountains behind my house with a shirt off and, and it was very freeing. And then suddenly when I started to get attention about this, I was like, well, that's done because mm. I don't want, I, like I just became uncomfortable and introverted about my body again to a degree. But I think probably what you're saying is true. You just do it. And the worst thing you could imagine somebody saying to you, if they say it, it's probably not going to be as bad as you imagine it to be. And then if you get 10 people to say it by the 11th person, it's not going to have the same effect on you mm -hmm. that the first person, you know what I mean? It works with like with everything. It works with like social media as well. Like I used to get bothered because I, I mean, I'll post like before and afters with my shirt off and stuff like that. And it used to bother me when people would like almost like get upset that I hadn't gotten the surgery yet. Now I'm just like, I'm not going to get it. So like, you can say whatever you want. So yeah, it's like one of those things, like the more you hear it, the more you get used to it and the less that it bothers you. Yeah. So it kind of works with everything, I think. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. So you are coming from a place of like, to me, it just sounds like self-acceptance, confidence. And how did you get there? Because like you're explaining, it seems like this is some ultimate thing to do, the final step or what we've seen on TV is a getting rid of loose skin. But like, how did you get to this place where you decided I don't need to do that? I'm confident in myself. I would say I kind of first off, I weighed like the things that were going to happen. But as far as like when I first started getting loose skin. So this was, you know, again, like I said, seven years ago and there wasn't many people talking about it. I just for some reason, I didn't expect it. Like it wasn't this thing that I was like, I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to have loose skin. But eventually after I lost, you know, like 80 pounds, I started noticing it and I'm like, oh, of course, like it made sense to me. And for a long time, it was very embarrassing. Like I, I didn't like it. I was embarrassed by it. I figured the only way I'm going to get rid of this would be surgery. I just didn't know what that meant yet at the time. And that's, I mean, that's a whole nother thing I could talk about is like people that try and say you can get rid of it in this way and that way and i'm like if you have a lot of it surgery is the only real way you're going to get rid of a good amount and so that's a whole nother thing though but um i kind of just slowly started to i don't want to say that i, I accepted it but i slowly started to understand that it was gonna happen like i accepted the fact that i was going to have it and then i would like have conversations with my really close friends and I mean, my and my really close friends, we all kind of just make fun of each other. So they would like make fun of my loose skin and I'd make fun of them for whatever reason. And we would kind of just go back and forth with that. And then eventually, like when it was really like, honestly, with like social media and people asking me all the time about it, that I almost felt like this sense of duty to share this because at the time, and it's not like I had a bunch of followers, like I was like under 3000 on Instagram, you know what I mean? Like, and so it, it wasn't like I had this like massive following that was asking me all the time, but I still felt like they were asking me and I knew that I could give them an answer and it felt, I felt bad not answering, you know? Yeah. And so eventually I actually, I made a couple like picture posts on Instagram showing my body before I made the video. And so I kind of just showed people like, Hey, this is what it looks like, but I knew I wanted to make the video. So you know, this sounds kind of morose, but like, so I could actually like pull the skin and show people like, this is what it looks like. And honestly, like as 
as cheesy as it might sound, it was doing that video. But then <laughs> that video, like I thought, okay, like I had like 3,000 subscribers on YouTube as well at this time. I was like, 3,000 people are going to see this video. I was very wrong. <laughs> like that video literally now, I don't check videos all the time, but it has like over 10 million views, right? The most viewed video on my channel. A lot of people know me because of going on Ellen from that video, right? So it's it's almost like by me being open, it was like, okay, you're going to be open about this? Well, here you go. <laughs> like, right. And so it was, I almost was forced to be com confident and comfortable. Well, I was forced to be comfortable with it. And like to at least be comfortable with talking about it. Cause like, it would be really weird if I made that video, it went viral. And then someone asked me about it. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. You know what I mean? So yeah. now like the amount, it's just like the amount of times I've spoken about it. I really do think that, I, and like, I don't like to, I don't like to like put myself on a pedestal at all, but I really do think that me talking about it has helped a lot of people. Yeah. And it's not even like me that's talking. It's just someone, you know, because I think I've gotten, and I've had, I have friends that have said this, like they watched that video and that was the reason they started their own Instagrams and they have big followings now too. And they talk about loose skin and they've, they've had surgery and they documented the whole process or whatever. That's my friend, Zach, that I talked about earlier. Like he documented the whole process of getting the surgery, what he's dealt with. Now he's documenting, gaining some of the weight back and losing it again and what that's like. And so I really do think like it, it was almost like through sharing it made me more comfortable with it. And it was just kind of like an organic thing. It's honestly, it's not like it was something that I would like look in the mirror and tell myself certain things or anything like that. It was just, well, I threw myself in this. Now I have to deal with it. I have a question. I never felt comfortable talking about weight and weight loss and I lost a lot of weight and then got a little bit of attention, but I got attention almost all about loose skin and all of that loose skin. I still have a hundred percent of it. It was mm. more with my legs and stuff like that. Like there were a number of times that paparazzi would follow me riding my bike and wait until I was like getting off of it to get a picture to say like the downside of weight loss, that's right? Horrible. Which, which sucked. And it made yeah. me go like, well, cause that's not your choice. Right. And, yeah. and it really made me go like, I'm not talking about this cause you guys are just pointing out the negative stuff. So forget it. This time around, we start doing this podcast and it's very quiet and we release the first episode and I'm basically comfortable with where I'm at, my very small Instagram people. And it kind of, it didn't go as nuts as what you're talking about, but it- No, it definitely it, did, though. It got a big yeah. reaction the very first weekend. Mm -hmm. It made me go like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Like, yeah. it really, that first weekend made me go, I didn't know I was talking to that many people. You know, you put something out into the world and you have no idea- but did that happen to you at all? Or was it empowering having that many people? I mean, I've now gotten comfortable yeah. with whoever's, whoever I can help. I'm happy to help. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point. And I think that's your point too, which is super, super valuable. But was there a moment where it started to get big and you started to get a lot of attention that it, that it had the reverse feeling? Without a doubt. And I think that that's super normal. Like for me, when the whole thing went viral and I started getting all these followers, I, I just was like, I don't deserve this. Like in my head, and this is still something I struggle with. Like I have always said, I'm just a normal guy. There's nothing special about me. I lost some weight and I shared my journey, you know, so that is completely normal. I've actually, yeah, I struggled with it pretty hard at the start, but then I've, I've kind of come to terms with 
it's okay if I don't feel like I'm the most leading expert on obesity or the leading expert on these things. I still can share my my story and like what I've dealt with. And that will be valuable to people as long as I'm I, I try to be very honest and be like, hey, I'm not an expert. I don't have this certification or anything like I'm just sharing my thoughts and my opinions. Take it with a grain of salt. Right. And that has made me feel a little bit better. Just like understanding the people that are listening aren't looking for science person, you know, and if, if they are, I can find that person like Spencer. Right. The you know best. what I mean? Like yeah. I can find I'm lucky that I have the following that I do so I can reach out to people and they are willing to talk about that stuff. But for me, it 100% was really nerve wracking at the start. And it, I think it, it's one of those things that over time it gets, it gets more normal. I've actually struggled a lot with it almost on the other end because I like to interview people that have lost weight and like it ends up putting a, a big amount of eyes on them. And I've noticed that a lot of times if they're not ready for it, it, it actually backfires and it, I, it's been something I've struggled with quite a bit over the years because there's been a lot of people that I've interviewed because they've lost X amount of weight, a massive amount of weight. And I'm like, oh, cool. Let's tell your story. Let's share it with people. And then they share it. They get all these eyes on them. They start feeling like subcon- like uh, con- self-conscious about that. Like, oh, I don't know enough. Like these people shouldn't be following me. And then they regress in some way. And so, it, I mean, it's it's a big thing. That's why it's like I think it's important to – if you have lost a lot of weight and you do feel like, oh, maybe I want to help people and share this stuff, like be ready for people coming at you that have no idea how to lose weight. They have no idea about the super basic stuff about weight loss. They're going to be asking you a lot of questions that if you're not, if you don't feel confident answering, it might stress you out to a point where you, it freaks you out. So I, I, it really is like there's a lot of responsibility in what we're doing you yeah. know i really do believe that and there's with me realizing that there's been a lot of positives like i feel like i i make sure that i uh vet people correctly i don't just share people that i'm like this person might lost a lot of weight but how did they do it oh they starved themselves for a you know um, 12 months right maybe i shouldn't share their story you know what i mean it's it's helped me with that stuff but then at the same time it's like paralysis by analysis sometimes sometimes i'm too worried about it and then i don't make choices that maybe I should make. That's a real good thing to think about too. the responsibility to whoever gets anything out of it. The, the thing I am most concerned about when I look at the land, like just when I look at what the industry of diet is, the idea that anybody is, is buying into something as a magic bullet or as the only or the best way, because then I go like, well, failing that, which all of these things have a huge failure rate, failing that, why would you go and try something else? If, if you've done the best thing, if you've tried the only thing, the, the thing that's going to work above all others. So I just would encourage people to like try five diets, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But, or, you know, if you try one and it's working, you don't have to go and try another one. But with the idea that, if this doesn't work, I have a backup plan to try three other ones or whatever it is. You know what I mean? That's the thing that I feel the most compelled to talk about because I've done every diet also and I've, I've had successes with them. I think long term is another thing to think about. Oh, yeah. And like obviously lifestyle and habits like that, that that's really important. But when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If we're just talking about diet and weight loss... And again, the idea that I'm not pushing that everybody has to lose weight, which I which I really appreciate when you talk about that, too, because I think that's a, a I think the idea that uh, today in 2020. Little girls can feel proud of their bodies is a better place to be mm-hmm. than little girls feeling ashamed. I think there probably are. And, and it's not necessarily only directed at little girls. I just say little girls because mm-hmm. I have daughters, but I, so I'm happy for them. You know what I mean? Cause I don't have sons. I would probably be saying little boys mm-hmm. if I had sons, but the idea that children now have more opportunity to not be ashamed about their bodies, I think is a, a very valuable place to be. That said, I don't know that, um, it's a good idea to say we should all be obese you know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. it's a fine line there, which I, I hear you talking about a lot, which yeah. I really appreciate. It's a very interesting time that we're in because like I've a I have a lot of people that get upset with me when I talk about the like, you know, the health at every size movement. And I think that I've always said that at the core of what they believe, I 100 percent agree with it. Like you can work on your health at any size. You don't need to be a bodybuilder, super 10 percent body fat, lean person to be healthy. But at the same time, like we should if we're going to talk about everyone, like we do have to worry about the extremes like you cannot be. And I don't like to talk in absolutes, but it's very hard to be, you know, under 100 pounds and being a, a normal sized male and for that to be healthy. Right. Someone would probably say that person's like anorexic or they have an eating disorder. Same thing goes for being over 400 pounds. Like it's very hard to argue that that person is healthy. Does that mean they just that person deserves to be ridiculed, ridiculed, made fun of, made tr- made to feel like less than a human? No, absolutely not. Like I would never advocate for that. I think that a lot of people now it's gotten to a point where if you even say obesity is unhealthy, you're labeled as like a fat shamer or you're being fat phobic. And it's like I remember the first time it happened to me, I was blown away because my whole platform has been built on, I was someone that was, like I said earlier, right, 20 years old, literally afraid of dying. And I'm not making that up to bolster my argument against these people, right? right? Like, that was something I've been saying before this was a huge thing. 
So the fact that people would think that me sharing my story and trying to help people to not get to where I was is fat phobic or like literally anything other than me trying to help. It it blew my mind the first time I heard it. I've been able to wrap my head around a little bit more and I really do try my best to understand why people are coming from where they're coming from. And I can absolutely understand people that have been made fun of their whole life, made to feel like they need to go on a diet, like they need to lose weight, are frustrated, and they just want to be accepted. That's fine. I think that accepting everyone is a very important thing. At the same time, just because you accept someone doesn't mean we should lie and say, you're also healthy and everything's going to be fine. Like, it's it's just such it's such a fact in my head that it's like obesity for me it was going to kill me before i was 35 like is that true i don't know but that's what i told myself for so many years cuz i remember i couldn't even tie my own shoe i couldn't bend over to reach my foot you right. know and i started like literally my feet were starting to change colors and get rashes because of my size and i was definitely probably pre-diabetic i was scared to go to the doctor but like all of these things were 100% because of my weight. And so for I would I cannot bring myself to say obesity is okay. I just can't, you know. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and say you're a terrible person because you have extra fat on you or you deserve to be treated badly. Like that's not what I think either. Yeah, I I I think I get into a weird I can go down so many rabbit holes and go like the idea of health is subjective to some degree. And like, if we're looking for absolutes in health, like we should be living in the country and hunting and foraging, yeah. you know what I mean? So we, sh you know, nobody should be eating corn syrup or, or whatever, whatever it is, or breathing pollution or driving in a car is unhealthy. And, and then when I think about obesity, I think about how like uh, starvation will kill you a hell of a lot quicker than obesity. Oh, yeah. Obesity takes time. So, you know, and then the body has a proclivity to want to store fat. So that's another factor yeah. that we're fighting against nature in that way or with technology and how it's set up. At the end of the day, I just go like, what do you want to do with your body? You know what I mean? I want to, I want to like you not have swollen feet at the end of the day, not have to be constantly thinking about where I can sit down, not be in pain, not go to sleep wondering if I'm going to wake yeah. up. Like, I don't want that. I want to be able to go on a hike with my wife. I want to be able to walk around with her all day and it not be an issue. I, I want to be able to use my body physically without fear of injury, fear of death, or just getting exhausted. Like, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. And then if we look at the uh, standards of, of science, the, the indicators would be that the longer lifespan comes with not being 500 pounds or 400 pounds mm -hmm. in your case or whatever, whatever we're going to categorize obesity as. I'm overweight. I'm not – I don't have a, an – my body fat percentages may be lower than the standards, but as far as like the, the standards go – I'm still much overweight. By the way, when I was 220 pounds and I had a resting heart rate of 40 beats a minute and I was riding my bike 200 miles a day, well, never 200, but like 100 plus miles every day, 
I was still overweight. Yeah. yeah. You know if you what look I mean? at like BMI and stuff like right. that. Yeah. So I was not going to win that fight. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. The people that are listening to this podcast and that are listening to the things that you're putting out there are obviously interested in the same things. So they're listening to what you're saying. Right. And so I agree with that. And I'm, I would say I'm in the same boat. Yeah. Now the issue that I have with the, the health at every size and a lot of, I don't want to keep harping on this. I don't want to make, turn this into a podcast about that. But like, I think the reason people, and I would say the reason I've had, I've pushed back a little bit is that the, the, that camp or that group it's not about them. It's about them trying to change how me and you speak right. and how everyone else speaks to make them feel better about the situation that they're in. And I think that's where the issue lies is that they're trying to change other people. I'm not trying to change anyone. I'm just trying to give people information that are willing, that are wanting to change. Yeah. Right. And I think that's kind of where the issue is. That's why, um, like, I've, I have never. Like if a uh, someone with the health at every size makes a statement about their group, I'm not like coming in there and being like, you're a terrible person for saying that. But I've had that happen to me, right? right? Where I'm literally just talking about my weight loss journey and then I'm attacked as being fat phobic or being like this terrible person. That's what like literally the reason I even knew about this was because I was starting to get pushback and I was just so blown away. Like it, it it's crazy because it's only been the past like year and a half, I would say, or two years that I've I've noticed it. I'm sure it's been around for a lot longer than that. But like it seems like it's it's gained a lot of traction. And I do think, like I said, like there are positives with that whole line yeah. of thinking. Um, I, I think that it's a, I like to talk about a pendulum a lot. Right. So the pendulum for a while, especially when Instagram was right kind of coming out. It was all about fitness and about being like super fit, having a six pack and like you need to be this person with perfect butt and abs and chest and that's healthy. That's what everyone needs to be. And now the pendulum has swung completely to the other side where it's, you know, the health at every size arguing that you can be healthy at at 400 pounds. And like it sounds for me, it's when I say that it's it sounds like that's fake, but I promise you like this is a real thing that's going on. And so I just think it needs to get in the middle. Like you don't need to be super crazy lean, but at the same time, we can't like my issue is we can't be making these claims because like you were saying with your daughters and kids that are growing up, I don't have any kids. So, you know, take that how you want it. But like it scares me that kids would be growing up thinking, oh, it's totally fine to be morbidly obese or whatever or have morbid obesity. That's scary to me. Yeah. And I think the really the very big key, and I think it's what you're talking about, education and the idea that we just naturally grew to this size is not fair. Mm -hmm. We didn't just wake up one day. There is a, such a massive abundance of cheap calories. And so like I had I, I mean, listen, I left school at 14, so I had a, a, a messed up education anyway. I remember prior to that in school, we saw a pyramid of what we should eat. And it was kind of like these are the ratios of food and how you should put them into your diet. But never any more than that. And then we got massive advertising about 
fast food. And so I, as a little kid, always wanted to eat fast food because the happy meals and toys and it looked fun and And there's a playground and it's delicious. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm thinking, when I'm hungry and suddenly what's popping into my head, it's a glistening Big Mac or chicken nuggets or something like this. There needs to be some understanding that the portions were served, the cheapness of food is, is really causing this. And and fine if if you understand all of that and you and you are going into this rationally and choosing that but my experience more than anything else is people are getting to be a, a, a big size like I was and are miserable about it and it's not miserable you know there's a lot of internal mental stuff too but it's it's about the way I wanted to use my body and not being able to do that it wasn't there was certainly a lot of health markers that were out and and concern from doctors so i just think if we're going to if we're going to do away with that concern what's next like we're going to suddenly try to program people to not want to use their bodies like we are going to wind up as wally down that road you <laughs> I know love what i mean the, yeah that's that's exactly what always comes to my mind when like we're talking about this is like we've seen that we've seen the movie <laughs> like, yeah like we we are very we're we're very sedentary compared to like you know back in the day before cars were a big thing everyone walked everywhere right so people were probably getting 30,000 steps every day right but like even if you so like you were saying wh- what's next right so if we take away being obese is unhealthy what's next is it like if you think about the other if you go the other way and say like oh no anorexia awareness we need to it's totally fine. Like most people like that's ridiculous. Like obviously this person can barely like when it gets very intense can barely even get off the bed because they have no body fat and no energy. That's obviously a bad thing, yeah. right? And like saying that, I don't think people most people aren't going to say you're shaming that person. It's like no, you care about that person, you want to help them. Well, so. yeah, and I think you touched upon this earlier, but the key is, because it is a tricky thing, and I look at it from a female perspective, right? And my whole life, it's like I've seen very different, most of my life has been the thin person is the way to be. And now in the last couple of years, and especially right this minute, it's accepted and it's being loved to have a bigger body. But the thing that you started to say is like someone should not be shamed or made fun of or thought to be less of a human being because of their size their color, their viewpoints, anything, right? So that's the acceptance we should all be having for one another. And so if right now the pendulum has to go to this place of like, fine, if you have a bigger body, you're still a good person and so on, great, with the awareness and the education of, okay, but health, like, and maybe it is different for each person or their goals are different. Some people don't really care. Mm -hmm. They're living in the moment and they're like, I'm happy. It's fine. I'm not worried about my longevity. And then you have a child and you think about, you know, it's just, but it's a thing of like, you're not a bad person because your body is a different size. And if you want it to be that way, great. But if you have a goal or you want to live a longer life or whatever, then you should be educated on what does this mean for my body? Yeah. And there's also genetic stuff you're talking about. If you're born with a genetic uh, higher melanin and you have dark skin it's it's like a, a stupid arbitrary thing to ever base a prejudice on and likewise you could be born with a genetic propensity to store more fat fine but in order to store 500 pounds <laughs> yeah. that requires Some a work. lot of yeah. work yeah. right and so i'm just saying understanding that and so and you know we have calories 
next to everything at fast food places now, at least in California. I don't even know that that's enough to make people think because who the hell knows what their caloric intake is if you're not really working on this. You have no idea. I had no idea. It took a ton of work. By the way, everything I'm doing now with my physical goals is like work. I don't want to lose an ounce of muscle. I want to lose only fat. It's very slow. I'm used to losing 20 pounds in a week. Mm -hmm. No problem. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of little finite fine tuning you can do all set towards physical goals. I still have weird body issues that I try to do away with and I try to be open. I'm not ready to take my shirt off. I commend you for doing it. Mm -hmm. It's a huge deal, dude. And I think you're right. I think you just do something like that. And then the more you do it, the less it has an effect on you, which is huge. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I I really want to know what was your program? What was your plan? I know it's all been documented, but like what was day one and were there ups and downs and so for me, I uh, what I started on was what ca- I call the common sense diet. So like you kind of touched on, to be as big as we were, you put in a lot of work to get there. So I knew that there were certain things in my diet that I could cut out that no matter how much information or knowledge you know about nutrition, you know these things are unhealthy. So for me, di- or soda just in general um, and then fast food and junk food. I cut those out right away because I knew that those were bad for me. And I was a soda drinker. I drank over a two liter a day of soda. Like I would go to uh, 7-Eleven and get the uh, double gulp, which is a two liter. And that would be just one of the sodas I had in the day. Right. So I cut those things out. And, you know, I'm I'm always very honest about my my journey. And it's been there's been a lot of ups and downs, not with my weight, though. And I was actually having a conversation with my girlfriend about this. She's also lost a lot of weight, like 130 pounds. But I said, my um, my journey, the outside appearance looks like it was very linear, but inside struggles <laughs> were not. So once I started the common sense diet, I started losing weight and I was very happy because for me, I'd never lost weight, gained it back, lost weight, gained it back. This is the first time I ever lost more than 10 pounds. So I started seeing the scale go down. I was super excited. I wasn't going to the gym at the time, couldn't afford it. It was actually a blessing in disguise because I always thought you have to work out really, really hard to lose weight. And then the diet's kind of important. Fitness happens in the, uh, weight loss happens in the kitchen. Fitness happens in the gym. Something I say all the time. Like if you want to lose weight, focus on your diet. So I started losing weight pretty rapidly, but then, and I think this is really important. It started getting bad because I went from food is everything to me. Food is what makes me happy. It helps me if I'm sad. It helps me if I'm anxious. It was everything, right? Um, And then it turned into food is evil and I need to avoid it at all costs. So for me, my goal was to eat as little as possible in a day, right? And if I ever felt full, I failed. That's like what my mindset was. So eventually, you know, I'm I lost a lot of weight, but eventually it got to a point where I was struggling with binge eating. Now, at the time, I didn't know what binge eating was. I was just like, no, I'm being really dedicated for two to, you know, three to four days of eating, you know, maybe 700 to 1,000 calories. And then eventually I would start binging. And so binging for me was at night, always happened at night before I would go to sleep. I would just eat anything and everything in the house. 
And for me, how binging would work was I, it was like a, say like if you're watching a scary movie and you see someone in the background and they, they slowly start creeping up and you can kind of feel that the person in the screen feels it happening. That's what it felt like. Like I knew it was going to happen because it just happened all the time, right? It was just this cycle. So I could feel the person behind me, like the binge just creeping up slowly and slowly. And then eventually I, I couldn't hold it off anymore. And I would kind of just turn around and be like, just, just do it, you know? And that's what would happen. And it was constant. It was, I, I was never like, oh yeah, I'm good. It was either I'm avoiding a binge or I'm binging. That's how it felt. So eventually the way that I kind of got over that and now everyone's different. Binge eating is a very complex thing. What happened for me was I decided to start going to the gym. I was kind of going already, but I decided I'm going to start like trying to build muscle. And so I kind of naturally through working out, I was more hungry. So I would eat a little bit more throughout the day. And then eventually I was like, okay, I, I actually did a men's physique show like four years ago. So for that, I was like, I want to bulk, right? Looking back, I'm like, I, I didn't need to bulk, but like, it was actually a really good thing for me because it let me eat more food. And then I stopped doing cardio altogether as well. And I started just lifting and I was eating a little bit more food. And then eventually I was like, okay, I'm going to start cutting. And then I was actually really afraid of when I got down to my lowest weight. So the lowest weight that I've ever have recorded is 180 pounds. That was when I competed on stage, right? And like I had to take my shirt off and do the whole thing, right? Get super tanned and everything. What do you weigh right? now? I weigh like 210 right now. Okay. So I'm like up 30 pounds since the show. Um, but so I I remember being really scared when I was done with the show because I was afraid I was just going to eat a bunch of food because that, that happens to a lot of people that compete in bodybuilding. You do the show, you work really hard to get super lean and you gain a bunch of weight back. But then luckily that didn't happen. Like I was, I was totally fine after the show. And then I found, uh, at that time I was only doing bodybuilding training. Now I do like CrossFit and bodybuilding. So for me, it's not even just, I'm not like a crazy CrossFit person. That's like everyone needs to do CrossFit, but it was switching my goals from just how I looked to how I performed. And then, so it just made me like want to eat more because I wanted to get stronger. I wanted to get better. And then through that, my relationship with food now is better than it's ever been. Last year I ran a marathon. That was like a big goal of mine this year. I think I want to do a triathlon at some point. So that's why hearing you cycling all the time. I'm like, I want to ask him a bunch of questions, yeah, but like, um, awesome. there's, there's like, I have other goals. And so food for me is, I don't want to just say it's fuel because I think that's silly when people say, I'm like, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> like you, come on, you like to eat. Food. I love food. Yeah. I exactly. ha when I think of food as fuel, it is an effort and mm. it's not. And I haven't gotten to a place where it's necessarily true, but it is what I'm trying yeah. to do. You know what I mean? I'm trying to use it as fuel, but yeah, no food. Yeah. I, like, I, I've traveled the world to mm -hmm, eat and exactly. I love eating. Yeah. When like coaches are like, just think of it as fuel. I'm like, come on, let's be realistic. Like right. people like to eat. We like to go. Thanksgiving is a big thing for a reason. Right. And so, yeah, for me now, it's just, I eat anywhere between 3,500 and 4,000 calories a day. You know, I work out quite a bit, obviously, but yeah, I mean, like my relationship with food now is better than it's ever been. And like where I am now with food, I, I honestly never thought that I would be like, I remember when I was struggling with binge eating, people would always, and they still ask me, aren't you afraid of gaining your weight back? And when I was struggling with binge eating, I absolutely was, I yeah. was terrified of it. Now with the knowledge that I have of what I would have to do to get to that size, I'm like, I would literally have to work really hard to get to be 360 pounds again. Thank you so much for yeah, coming. Thanks for and, having me. And I want to just say, just as an addendum to what you were just saying, every time I look at your Instagram and you post a meal, 
I look and I go, this guy knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> cool. so, thank you. Yeah, yes. You're awesome. We have it's to have really you back. Cool. Like, yeah, 10 more times. thank you so much. <laughs> Sweet. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to American Glutton. We've received a lot of questions at AmericanGlutton.net, and we're going to do our best to get through all of them. Dan writes in, do you have any tips for controlling all the negativity around food and the beating up on yourself? That's a great question, Dan. Thanks. All the negativity around food. Well, I think these are kind of two things. All the negativity around food is one thing, and then beating yourself up is a, is a separate thing. I have stopped believing or participating in any kind of negativity around food. Just think that we are presented with a weird circumstance where in the 21st century, we are kind of, especially in Western culture, surrounded by more food than our bodies can deal with. I don't necessarily think that the types of food are bad. I I don't believe that food can be either good or bad. I just think that there's kind of way too much for our bodies to deal with. If you look at um, the way we've evolved and the way obesity kills versus the way famine kills, obesity takes a long time to kill you. Like dying from obesity takes a long time. Famine kills you rather quickly. If you don't eat, you will die pretty quickly. So the body recognizes famine and historically and prehistorically recognizes famine as a danger. And so we've evolved to combat famine by storing fat efficiently, by our bodies adapting to caloric deficits. So then we wake up in 2020 and we have a 7-Eleven on every block and we have fast food every quarter mile or however often it is. And we have gas stations that also have convenience stores that are just chock full of cheap calories. And I wouldn't put any kind of uh, moral ideal on these things. I don't think they're either good or bad. I just don't think we've evolved to deal with the abundance of food that we're now presented with. And so uh, we see that expressed by many people being heavier than they necessarily want to be. So once I separate the idea of there being good and bad food, I go, what do I want from my body and how am I going to achieve that? Um, And this is a very personal thing. I don't expect anybody to have the exact wants and desires and goals that I have. And I don't think anybody should have the exact wants and desires and goals that I should have. And I also don't think that health is an absolute thing either, because if we look around the world today, there are so many things that aren't absolutely leaning towards absolute perfect health. And I don't think we should even necessarily think in those kind of terms when we're thinking about other people. It's just for us. So what kind of health do you want? What kind of goals do you want with your body? Those are kind of the important things that I would think factor into this. And then you have to recognize the fact that your body is going to deal with food in a different way than food is necessarily being presented to you. Hunger isn't a sign to your body that you need to eat in that moment. Hunger is a signal to your body that you have to go out and search for food. We have not evolved to the point where 
our bodies recognize that there's a refrigerator in the other room full of food or a 7-Eleven down the street full of food. Our bodies don't know that. They're dumb machines. Our bodies send a signal to us because so many times we've died or, or you know, the genetics that have led to us have died out because of starvation, because there was no food. So it's signaling, go find food. I think hunger might be a better signal to exercise than to eat. I don't know that there's any science behind that. That's just my hypothesis. You can call that the please special hypothesis on hunger signaling. I think I just coined that. Paige, will you trademark it? Done. Good. So that's kind of my view on the negativity around food. Beating up on yourself, I think, is a separate thing. Certainly any time you have a goal you're going after and you deviate or you have a purpose you're, you're trying to achieve, you deviate from the course you've set to achieve that goal, there can be beating up on yourself. But if you're just kind of like apathetically going along in life and not really paying attention to how your body uses food and just beating yourself up over some kind of uh, materialistic or aesthetic ideas that aren't necessarily true for you, I would just say stop it. Figure out what you want. Make a plan to get it. Understand the way the landscape of food has been set up. And then go after your goal. That's what's worked for me. And I still beat up on myself. And it's, a, it's one thing to say, just do this. And it's another thing to actually do it. I try to adhere to these principles. They're not always the easiest things to follow. Um, and it's certainly easier to say do this than to actually do it. But the thing that has helped me the most is recognizing that there can be no morality in food. It's just a thing. Of course, we could say that the marketing of sugary cereal to children is immoral. But again, that's just a position one could take. Kids love sugary cereal. It's not immoral to them. They enjoy it. So teach kids how those sugars affect their bodies. And, you know, certainly I don't think of food as good or bad. I think of food as this thing that my body that is so ever present and my body hasn't kind of caught up to the omnipresent situation of food quite yet in evolutionary terms. And so I have to be aware of that and kind of regulate these habits and urges that came from not thinking in those terms for so many years. Oh, Christ, Dan. I hope that that answered your question. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.